<laughs> yes, here in the UK, it is Tuesday, Tuesday, and it's nine, so it's UK Cowboys time. First post-game show of the year. How we doing, guys? I'm mostly still half asleep from the actual game from Thursday. I'm still recovering. Mm-hmm. Really I know man. that feeling. Better than I thought I was going to be. Have to admit. Mm, definite, definite. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely the first week we've spent preseason um what's the word? getting game ready here in the UK. That's what preseason for is getting you mm-hmm. back into uh central time. <laughs> getting your body <laughs> clock back used to that. Um yeah, and we had it this weekend. Plus you had the college uh, on Saturday, plus the games on Sunday. So you kind of on on a Thursday night game, you play catch up with your body. Then Saturday kicks in, and you're like, oh, well. And then Sunday, you've got Sunday football, and it's all back all over again. So this is it. No more sleep until uh, until Super Bowl. No what? sleep till Super Bowl, baby. Well, you've got the bye week. <laughs> got, the, got the bye week, yeah. <laughs> in the house. Yes. As always, guys. Get involved with us. Send us your quotes and your comments, your feelings, your thoughts, your takes. Uh, let us know where you're watching from as well. Um, it's always good to hear from you guys. Uh, but we do, as always, start every show uh, as we do with the news and updates. So we'll kick things off with that and we'll get the show going. So much Ooh. news, and it's only been a couple of days. Um, all right, then, guys. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The news is coming in thick and fast. God, so, first of all, God, 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 week one, and I'm drinking, guys. Steady. Week one, steady. That, steady. that is what that's what happened. Yeah. All right, guys, oh, just so I'll, you know, I'll, I'll join you then. I'm not telling you what's in this cup. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, so far, um, Zach Martin off COVID. Good news. Um, Noah Brown back in the building, too. Good news. Um, But that's about as far as it goes when it goes to the good news. Apart from the Cowboys have added a kicker to the practice squad. The uh, Canadian football kicker we had on the team previously, Lareem. Hello, La Rahul. I always struggle to say that <laughs> name. Yeah. I, I, uh, there we go. Um, but in other gosh. news, Michael Gallup today has been moved to IR, um, which means that he has to spend three weeks at minimum off. But I think with the calf injury, by the sounds of it, it's going to be a lot longer than that. It's probably going to be double uh, that. Um, yeah. So not good news. Defensive end, uh, Chauncey Golston as well. Calf injury as well. Um, try and get an update on that. Uh, I haven't heard much apart from that so far. Uh, and, of course, the big news, the biggest problem of all, Lyle Collins on a five-game suspension. Right. That's um, I've got a big problem with, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Like, I came in saying it was going to be Ranty Rich, and Paul has beaten me to it. Oh, no. That mm. so our, good friend, <laughs> our, our good friend, Professor O, um, who is part of Star Gang, made this yeah. really good tweet regarding to the whole valley. The rules. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, and five, five games isn't in there. 
Yeah, five games is not in there at all. And, it, and when you go doing the whole list of all those bands, it seems to say that he's failed to show up for seven or eight attempts of tests and stuff like that, failed to mm-hmm. comply. Then it, it makes like this list of you to now done based on the suspension what was given to Lyle Collins to this list. You wouldn't think Lyle Collins should be cut from the Cowboys based on this, but there's no record or anything regards to suggest otherwise. If 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 a uh, Collins was to test a uh, or like like feel that like avoid a drug test, the Cowboys would report it. We would report it anyway. Saying like oh he's missed he, he's failed to comply with this test he'll get fined for his first violation no it's a straight up five game ban seriously what the effing fuck do you want me to stir the pot even further on this Ooh. go on this make is going to be yeah here we go right so uh, since two thousand and nineteen this is I'm trying to make sure that the numbers are confirmed. But since March 2019, Lyle Collins has been one of the most tested players in the NFL. He's had 109 tests. I just thought- during the during this off season, right? He got tested, and he's passed three tests. He's he's he had three tests that he went to. All of them turned out negative. Right, he was totally clean, totally fine. He missed seven. Apparently, five of those because he was self-isolating because of COVID, mm-hmm. and one of them was while he was in uh, getting um, news on his stinger injury. So, just to stir the pot even more, mate. And what's the biggest problem for Lyle Collins is if he gets suspended, he loses money. Mm-hmm. It's a fucking joke. I'm sorry, like, I mean, don't get it, like, in this scenario, right, like, in this, like, any, any, or sorry, any, uh, any other given scenario, if it's based on what the, the rule set, in terms of the, the well, what rule set, the, the guidelines of the suspension rules are, if it's based on that, I'll be like, okay, fair enough. If, if someone's worked their way down to get a six-game suspension, you're like, all right, okay, time to cut ties with the guy. But no, we've like like I said, like we've had no indication that he's violated from step one to step two to step three to step four all the way down. But this but under this suspension that he's been given, it's not even on the freaking list. So <laughs> it's it's Roger Cadell being an absolute complete incompetent little prick in New York. He can go and suck my bobby right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I am fuming about us. Well, I think we've seen in the past that the, the NFL can contend to the rules when they feel like it. and they Judge, can, jury and executioner. And they can make stuff up when they feel like it. But, see, to be honest, Paul... It all seems to be with us. They did it with Zeke. They did it with him and his suspension. But the problem is, <laughs> Roger Goodell has been put there by the owners. Yep. So in fact, not, last year he got an extension. Of, co- of course, he did. So I mean, what I mean, they they, they they give him all this power, and then lambast him when he uses it. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't think. I don't think there should be. I don't think there should be one man calling the shots. It's as simple it as that. It has to be a board. It has to be a board decision rather than this fucking black commissioner. I mean. It, it, What's what's the point in setting precedents from the from past players if you're just going to make it up as you go along? I mean, I keep going back to the Z, the Zeke Elliott incident. 
Um, pol- there was no, there were no police charges. Yeah, it doesn't matter. We'll suspend them anyway. Yeah. All right. Then you, cool. I, and, and who's who's the player this year? Who's the player that's been? Uh, oh, the, just got drafted. And there's a uh, the, the Sean Watson. There's what twenty nine. Well, I'm going to briefly mention it, but that you know that it's like nearly thirty um, people coming out against the Sean Watson, and the NFL still not done anything about this shit. Not hitting him with a fine or hitting him with a suspension. It's an absolute joke. Absolute joke. Agree. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, going back to the comment <coughs> that you made about there's um, sort of previous precedent. There's nothing there. Um, they've always struggled with it, with following any kind of logic with these yeah. sorts of things or following any sort of precedent. I mean, it doesn't exist at the end of the day. Let's not forget, this isn't court of law. This is down to people doing what the hell they feel like. Um, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if there is in the, the small print in there something that, yeah, Roger Goodell or the commissioner, whoever it is, can give anyone a suspension of any length at any time he chooses for whatever damn reason he chooses under the, the umbrella term of conduct detrimental to the league, which was the same bullshit that Zeke got caught under. And it's interesting that you raised the point of Deshaun, because like you say, the, the I would think that the point of having one person in the situation to make these kinds of decisions is the fact that when things crop up, it's a less drawn out process. You haven't got to wait. You haven't got to have this whole process. You haven't got to get X amount of people have a unanimous decision or something like that to get yeah. someone suspended for X amount of time. One person can look at the evidence and make the decision, and that person should be trusted <laughs> well, to do so. Here's the, here's but the, the problem thing. is, the here's thing the that thing. flies on the face of that is Deshaun Watson's case. Well, now, well, you well, can maybe it's, take it's, a view on that because it's an ongoing legal matter, whereas Zeke's one was done and dusted because, like you say, there was, there was nothing the thing, there. Though, here, sorry, sorry, sorry to stop you, Rich, but here's the thing about the whole Zeke thing. There was the evidence. We actually had an investigator for Zeke and actually yeah. went to Roger Goodell and say, I agree. He's, not, he's, he's not guilty. There's, I agree. Nothing to suggest which is, which is like, why they hit him with the bullshit just, of like, contract, conduct detrimental to the league. It's a joke. Exactly. That, that, that's why they hit him with that bullshit thing. Now, the fact that there's nothing, there's no term of five games in there, and you've got to ask the question. It's very interesting that the most tested person in the league is now the one that's come up and been done with missed tests. Like, come on now. There needs to be an air of a modicum of common sense about these things. But there's <sighs> reportedly, the Cowboys that's... are pissed about it. They're going to fight it. It's probably not going to go anywhere. We're probably going to have to deal with it. All I will say is something's not right. That's all Some, I'm going to say. I agree. Like, 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 there's something, something behind the scenes that we're not knowing about. For sure, for there's going to be for... something else to it, yeah, and they're yeah, never going to let that out. There has to be. Whether there's been like a complaint or there's some sort of evidence that cropped up about Lyle Collins, and that's why they're targeting it, and we'll never know that. We'll never know. Um, but we can dig into the Lyle situation in the pregame show, which is coming Thursday. So we're back. It's back to the two week, uh, two show a week. Um, I don't know what you call it, program. So we will talk about that more in depth. Let's look. So, yes. So we're in the post-game. I was trying to get my bearings back. I'm not used to doing a post-game show. Um, <laughs> so we will look at the Cowboys offense um, versus the Bucks defense, guys. Hookie dookie. 
Um, so obviously the first thing I think we need to look at when you talk about the offense, right? The very first thing I looked at, and tell me what you think about this. Everyone talked about how um, how this Bucks team, they kept their stars. It was a big, big narrative. They kept all 22 stars. So that means the Cowboys effectively played the exact same team that was in the Super Bowl, except yep. the difference is both the Cowboys and the Chiefs allowed 31 points. The Chiefs scored nine mm -hmm. points. The Cowboys scored 29. So by that rule of thumb, we should beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Well, you got the Chiefs with a massively depleted offensive. Any given Sunday, mate. Any given Sunday. I know. I know. Any given Sunday. I don't want to kind of like from from a contextual point of view. I agree. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I, I mean, look, right, these are the, some of the notes I put down, right? So straight away, that the Cowboys lose the game. Not through the offense, not through the defense, a uh, whole matter of things which we'll go into, okay? So although the Cowboys lose the game, they actually won the day. Nobody, if you notice, talked about the Bucks winning. Everybody was talking about how close the Cowboys came to winning. Yeah. And that's mm -hmm. been a big narrative. And you listen yeah. to all the NFL podcasts. Cowboys won that day. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they, uh, <coughs> to go up against the, the the defense that effectively won the Super Bowl um, and put put out twenty nine points, I think was it was very very impressive. Um, especially when you consider that they managed to shut down. The running game so well, which we'll, yeah. which we'll get on to. Um, but again, you give what the defense gives you. You take what the defense gives you. You know, if they're going to mm -hmm. load the box against Zeke, you go on the outside. And it was plain and simple to see that. I mean, Dak threw for four hundred yards and three touchdowns. So we took we took that option. We 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 hung in the game. I don't think we were ever more than. Maybe was it ten points? We were behind. It was never it was never out of sight. We were always in the game, um, and we we managed to last the Super Bowl champions to a two minute offense. Um, yeah. I, mm -hmm. Overall, I was I was very very pleased. Um, I thought if straight away after that game, I thought, do you know what? If we play like that for the entire seventeen game season, we're going to the playoffs without a doubt. Oh, yeah, ah, easily, easily. No. Um, before I get rid of my take on it, uh, big shout out to Prime, aka Star Guy Next. How we doing, my yeah. man? Good to, always good to see you. Um, guys, get your comments in. Everything's looking like some good, yeah. interesting points coming through so far. Uh, we'll get them posted, we'll bring them at the right time. Before, Join us on the whiskey train. Yeah, <laughs> before we get to talking about Dark, the, the, mm. the thing I want to talk about with you guys is the play calling. For me, Callum Moore called almost a perfect game. Yeah. Mike McCarthy was near as damn it perfect. And we spoke about this in our little group chat when we were talking, that in the fourth quarter, the momentum had swung and the Cowboys were rolling. And it was gonna, we could see it was a close game. And I'm not sure if they had it in America, but over here on our programming, whether it's the same thing or not, the first thing I pointed out, we all started talking about, was... It went to the back sideline, and you got Bruce Arians, and mm -hmm. he's purple-faced, and they're screaming, and you can see them rushing and panicking around, and they looked flustered, and they were panicking. And they then were. it flicked, and it went over to the Cowboys' sideline, and you've got 
Mike McCarthy, Callum Cam, Moore, Cam just calm, focused. And they they were all talking and they were all nodding. So they were all mm-hmm. seeing the same thing and in agreement. And mm-hmm. you just watched it and you're like, now this is something different that we didn't have, have last year. Last year. Yes. Mm. That's a great point, Mike. I, I, that's one thing I noticed as well when I was watching it. And I think that even the commentary team uh, that were broadcasting it, Troy Aitman even made the comment. Mm, was it Troy it was, is, it, was it Troy no, comment? No, no. It was oh. um oh um Collins. Yes, uh, it was uh, Co- that's Collins. What, Collins. That's what I mean, yeah. I can never remember Brent. the fucking broadcasters of the <laughs> <laughs> Um but that is interesting. But let's talk about that, guys, um before we talk too much on this. Eleven months since Dak played. Outstanding. A regular season game. Yeah, uh, amazing. I mean, this guy, like, okay, let's do the, the old poop sandwich, right? That He did start off slow. You've got to admit that. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know if, if it was a psychological thing or if he was told by the coaches, which is what I think is more likely, that his coaches have said, look, mm. don't be putting some velocity on it. Let's see what the shoulder's like. Get a feel for it. Let You know, once you once you've done that, start stick, sticking some spice behind the ball because you, you look at it and it was and just before the half you started to see him throw in and it's a lot more good throws and very comfortable. You look quite comfortable and like as if he was out of his own head, perhaps. And you could see there was more velocity and those tight window throws were coming in. I, yeah. I, put, it down, I put it down to the first live ball he's thrown in eleven months. That, quite simply yeah. didn't play the preseason, so he's not yeah. going to come out and drive the team down the field. <clears throat> well, possibly he could have driven the team down the field, but you can understand why. He didn't. I mean, here's the thing, Graham. Like, like a bit of ice on the shoulder. Yeah. Basically, what uh, Dad did was pretty much the close enough version of the drop-in magic touch, but we kind of expected uh, Dak to be slow standards like you just said there he's not had one preseason snap at all so we kind of knew that but by god he definitely got the ball rolling as the game went on mm-hmm. yeah no definitely and, and look I, i'll put it this way that one i've seen a lot of throws you know some of the best throws i've ever seen brett Favre, peyton manning but i'm gonna tell you now and this is not me being a homer cowboys fan one of the best throws i have ever seen a quarterback throw was Dak in the fourth quarter to C.D. Lamb and it was called back because of a Tyrone Smith holding call. Yeah. But that dime, I mean he that had to be and I'm talking inch perfect. Like he, there was no giving that pass whatsoever. And it had to drop in just right. And it did. And I sat there and the hairs on my arm stood up. I was like, oh my dear lord. And, and when the you timing see a pass... of that in the drive as well, let's not forget. Yeah, you've got to have the guts to do it, and you've got to yeah. have the confidence, as well as the confidence from your wide receiver to make it. And CD mm-hmm. Lamb did. It's just unfortunate that time. <laughs> if that pass had been made, people would be talking more about that today, at the moment, and like how incredible that that throw was. It w- it was immaculate. For me, Dak is already kind of proven why we've given him this long-term contract. For him to just yeah. even come back from 11 months to pull out that type of performance. And here's mm. the thing, right? 
And and this is I'm having an I'm gonna have a go at the media, right? They're talking about oh Brady this and Brady that. I'm sorry, but uh, when you look at the stats, that outperformed Brady pretty much. Yeah, you do. We did. Yeah, and but we're not hearing much praise about Dak from the general media. It's all about. Oh no, they are. They are. They are. Mm, not from not well, not from the skipping Shannon from day two. Oh, Why do you even bother? Oh, I, with I that thought we were talking yeah, about right. media, not yeah. <laughs> not true. No, they, they, they <laughs> are talking a lot about it and about how he's back and that. Um, there was a lot of narrative about, oh, what's the shoulder going to be like? What's the ankle going to be like? He hasn't wow. done any preseason, the brain and all of this. And he just comes out and just gunslings. Yeah, 400 it. yards and his first game back in 11 months. I mean, I think there was a stat that came out. It was like Dak in his last four actual full games over 400, 400 yards. First in that, NFL history. First in NFL history. Yeah, that is ridiculous. A ridiculous start to like, like, not even Peyton Manning or Brett Favre even achieved that. That just comes to show how, like, what we've got here is potentially special. But I don't even. I think Dak is fantastic. I think he will be our like gold, like golden child to get us to the Super Bowl. I really do. He's the quarterback here for for the rest of time. Absolutely. Until he proves otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. You think people are definitely now starting to wake up to the fact that short of just going on a nice winning stretch and making it to the playoffs and winning games in the playoffs, people are starting to clock on now that Dak is or does deserve to be in that conversation when you talk about elite quarterbacks. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Put him in there almost. In. Yeah, well, exactly. It's, that's literally the only statistic that you can put on him and say that's the reason. Like, if you're going to cling to someone and say he's not elite because of this, that's the only thing you can do, realistically. Yeah. I will, I will admit, though, whenever he did tuck the ball and run, I did have my heart in my mouth. Yeah, I am not going to lie, Graham. I'm not going to lie. Every, every time it was a quarterback run, I was shitting myself. I mean, yeah. it was only... To be fair, there was only four of them, but every single one you you struggled with. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And it's going to happen. But then after yeah. that first one, I was like, okay. Like after the first hit, after the first round, I'm like, okay, that's fine. Yeah, we'll, yeah. We're, we're out of the way. It's okay. But, Let's go. But that's exactly but, why those kind of players are dying out, though, because you don't want your 40 million quarterback taking hits from linebackers. It's as simple as that. That's why... That's why the Cam Newtons of this world are starting yeah. to diminish. Kyler Murray Dak being the obvious example because he's just is... incredibly quick. But the, the mobile quarterback's been told to stay in the pocket a lot more nowadays, I think. This is yeah. the difference, though. Dak actually has the skill repertoire to be able to stay in the pocket and still make plays. That's the difference, I feel, between him and a lot of the other quarterbacks. He's a lot more reliable. He's a lot more accurate. He's he's better suited to that. But if the only way out is to run and to tuck the ball and run, he's going to freaking go. And if he okay. needs a somersault yeah. over a line, he's going to go do it. He, there's no <laughs> two ways about it. He's growing than anything. Still. It's because he's built more like a linebacker yeah. than anything else. That that's a lot of it. But let's look at uh, his best pal. Um, and this has been a bit of a controversial subject this week, Zeke. Uh, a lot see, of people complaining. I'll be honest, I don't see seeing this being controversial at all. I'm with Not you. One... I'm with you. 
I, no. I've been defending Zeke all week and the decisions. I do understand the argument that you need balance. I do get it because it's about keeping defenses off their toes. Um, apparently, Callum Moore said that he came out and said, look, it was over 20 plays where we had called a run and, and Dak checked out of it. Well, that obviously is because of something that he's seen through his week of reviewing tape. That's why he'll check out of it. Uh, and um, the big thing that I looked at was the run blocking is one thing that he was asked to uh, block nine times during this game. Zero sacks. Let's get that right out there. That he yeah. did his job. Um, the other thing to look at is um, he did, him and Tony Pollard, they did an extension to the run game by going to the short passes because mm -hmm. a lot of the success, if you look at the run production, and I brought it up, uh, I was reviewing it uh, today, this morning. Most of the su success of their runs came on the off tackles, on the outside. Mm -hmm. yep. Well, one of the quicker ways where you can catch defenses off balance if they're playing base and going to the nickel, do the same thing. But instead of handing the ball off, do an extended handoff where you just throw a swing pass. Yeah. And that is exactly what they're doing. The, the, the A dot uh, of Zeke and Tony Pollard was minus two yards. Mm. Uh yeah, and Tony Pollard, 29 yards in receiving yards. So you could really say that add on top of that with the rushing, they're rushing yards. And a lot of it, like, uh, you look at it that nearly Pollard had four passes, four of them were behind the line of scrimmage, right? Zeke, on the other hand, when they did go to the run, um, a lot of people are, are, are talking about this, just before the half, he had one run that went for no gain. In the third quarter, he came back out and they abandoned the run from you. They, they, they did go back to it in the fourth. But what happened next is he went for zero yards on his next, uh, next attempt. On his next attempt after that, minus one yards. So in three goes, he was on minus one yards. Yeah. So then they went, okay, because they were trying to take it up the middle. And the middle wall's not working. So what you do is you go on the outside, you flank yeah. it. There you go. Yeah, uh, breaking news: that the guy, uh, the, the Buccaneers have these guys called Devin White, Levante David, and Shaq yeah. Barrett, and they're actually pretty good. Don't forget so... Vita Vey. Yeah, <laughs> and Indomitian. Pretty good on my fantasy team as well. Here's, here's the, like, guys, here's the here's like here's the thing. You're playing it against a top like. A seven guys in the front who are probably without doubt the top five defenses in the NFL. Why in the, uh, like why play against their strength when you can actually expose their weaknesses? That's my biggest question here. Like because one going into this game, we knew that I think there was a safety um, was out mm -hmm. the game, so yeah. that that left a big um, like discussion within the offensive. I get, yeah, yep, yeah. Yep, yep. So, and they started so, attacking there. That was the exact place they were yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I, I, and we and we saw that. Like, it's like if it's not broken, uh, why change it? Like, you take why, what the defense is giving you. Exactly. Yeah, like, if, the, if, if the if the run there game is. is if the if the run game is not is not working and you're having so much more success in the passing game, why 
do you need to kind of just like go to the run game just because? I mean, I don't know if you got is it like I me. Mean, I've got Zeke in my fantasy football. Yeah, I'm a wee bit mad about it, but at the same time, I still want my Cowboys to win the game by any means necessary. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I, I, I say this. To, I, I, I do say. I will say this. It's like ha, supporting the run just because, like, for those reasons, or you have something else backing that, like. Just you want the run game just because, just grow because, up, yeah. Just just draw up and look at the actual game. Look at the yeah. actual game and what's happening in front of your eyes. Look how that their back the the backfield is working out. We absolutely demolished them. Lamb, Cooper, and even Gallup up to the point where he got injured. We were running them all. Even our tight ends were like having a good time as well. Yeah, yeah. It, it, to the most part, but here's one for you. We've been here before, right, guys? And we've been on this show talking in a Jason Garrett run offense where he did not oh, abandon the go. run and go to the pass. You're and... in my head, Mike. <laughs> yeah, well, talk about it. I mean, like, we've been here where they've gone, they, they kept going to the run. Zeke was on, you know, three yards average and they would not go to the pass. They kept going to it. Why? This is the exact situation we're in. That, okay, we lost, which is why you're angry. But at least in Mike McCarthy, we've seen them trying to attack the weakness. But, I mean, go for it. Go for it, Rich. I mean, shit. At the end of the day, you attack a team's weakness. If you're going up against, Ex- against, oh, the, goat, I'm, against I'm, the best great comment, quarterback, great comment. if you're going up against the best quarterback of the team that's, that's exactly the Super what we were Bowl, saying. then you're going to attack whatever weaknesses they have. Because at the end of the day, the only thing that matters, the only statistic that matters, is you get the W. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you do what it takes to win. Now, there's been criticism of this team over the past couple of years, especially in the Jason Garrett era, that this team, this offense, has been very one-dimensional. And the play yep. calling has been very obvious, very predictable, and it hasn't been mixed up. It hasn't been disguised. As early as two seasons ago, okay, where it was run, run, pass, run, run, pass, run, run, yeah. run, run, pass, run. And it was three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out. You didn't do anything. You didn't really get anywhere because everyone just knew all you had to do was stop the run game and you could do it. And when you have, that's perfectly fine saying that this team is built around the run game. It you was did, when you had yeah. four all pro offensive linemen and you could run over everyone in this league because you could move them out the goddamn way and Zeke would clean up the rest. Yeah. yeah, it's all well yeah. and good to say you still want to do that. You've got to be able to do it. You can't do that when you haven't got those kinds of people on the team. And the problem with this team, like Graham and I have been saying for God knows how long, there is no decent depth to this offensive line. So when those players aren't here, be it injury or because they've gone or because they've retired for whatever reason, you can't run the ball as well. So it's easier for teams to stop the run. Now you've got two choices. You can either keep trying to do the same goddamn thing when it's already being stopped and get run out the fucking stadium, get rushed into the fucking ground and you're going to lose, or you can actually try and adapt. I genuinely cannot wrap my head around how the same fans have been saying that this team has been so one-sided for so goddamn long that the time we actually turn around and actually take what a defense gives us and pick apart its weaknesses and actually get points off it and nearly win against the reigning Super Bowl champions, people have a problem with it. Now, I'm like I said, I'm all well and good for running the ball. I'm wearing the man's goddamn fucking jersey right now. I love watching people get hit. I love running the ball. 
But for the love of God, you've got to have the right unit to do it. And it depends what you're facing. And if you want to turn around and say, well, we're paying Zeke all this goddamn money. We don't want to be paying him to, to block fucking pass rushes. We want to be paying him to run the ball. And it's an eight-man box. Oh, we'll just run it anyway. Okay, yeah. What are you going to do? Lose yards, lose yards, lose yards. Probably let up a uh, uh, someone uh, let someone through to hit Dak, nail him in the ground, get him injured. And if you want to speak to someone, you've got a problem with a running back picking up rushes. Go speak to a Las Vegas fan right now, because that's exactly what happened to give <laughs> to, to give a, give up the game-winning drive last night. Was well, someone was didn't pick yet. up a rusher adequately, and it ended a drive and it killed a game. Rich, yeah. you you just worded that absolutely perfect. I have no more much to say on that. <laughs> yeah, no, no. The only other thing I'm going to add on the Zeke Pollard thing is people are, are, are like saying, you know, like you say, money, and we're not getting a hundred yard rusher. Week one, uh, there were twenty six running backs that had ten or more carry mm. attempts. Only four of them. Went for a hundred yards. Yeah, yeah. And two of those yeah. running backs, two of those running backs, one was playing against Detroit, and the other one was playing against the Giants. Not exactly the best run. Defenses. And Damian Harris, who yeah. who plays, who was one of the running backs, Patriots lost. Yep. And it's just interesting, to... just to go back to the what the one key thing you mentioned there, Mike, is that everyone who's complaining and saying about they're massively worried about how Zeke is being paid all this money to, to pick up blitzes, okay? And we're not running the ball enough. It's, it's we're, part we're, of the we're not we're not it's being part, it's part of the job, know, Rich. It's, yeah, part, it's, it's part of the job. It's you're paying him because he is a complete fucking running back. He has the whole picture. He does that as well as run the goddamn fucking ball. Yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. It's week one. If you want to complain about the play calling, <laughs> if you want to complain about not running the ball enough, if you want to complain about anything, give it longer than one fucking game. Jesus Christ. We're one game into a now 17-game season. To Get do. real. If anything, you're going to keep your running back fresh, that's for sure. Over Exactly. Sorry, Mike, but before you kind of move on, like Dog made a really great point. It's like the game plan for the next game is going to change. It's going to be more spread out this time. 100%. Yeah. Like, like, Run it away from Joey Bosa. It's exactly, simple as that. Yeah, exactly. So we're, we're going to expect to see Zeke more involved in this next game, but we're still going to see some pass attempts because we know that, the like, well, this is more for the, the, the pre-game show on Thursday, but I will say this is you expect to see more run because their secondaries are more step up than their whole front front line under the D-line. And Michael Gallup's out. Yeah, so, so. Not so to there's keep that. On, not to keep on with the, the Zeke and the play calling, but I don't know what you guys thought about the, the, the shovel pass from Dak in the red zone. And Zeke... I know Zeke what you mean, the risky, quite about, risky. He was out to the left. Mm-hmm. And he got the shovel pass, so they put him in the position inside the red zone to, to lower his pads and drive into the end zone. He caught the ball, went to the left, delayed, and then went right to the back, and he ended up he ended up on the dart. He, he didn't... I mean, what, what more do the play callers need to do? They put Zeke in a position with, I think it was a cornerback in front of him, Mm-hmm. And he didn't get it. No, I, I'm not saying I'm not saying anything against Zeke. I'm, I, I like Zeke Elliott, but I'm just saying that he was in put. He was put in the position 
and it was a field goal rather than a touchdown. And this, the only thing I will case, say about that is that was on Blake Jarwin. It was. In, Blake, in, uh, I I will see that. Let's go to let's go to the tight ends then, and we'll come back to the the wide receivers. Okay. That that on on that golden goal, I know what you're talking about, Gray. But the issue for me was that was Blake Jarwin's fault. He didn't yeah. even need to make um, a, a, a blow you out the boots block. He just needed to get in the way. He just needed, but he didn't. Blake Jarwin stayed there. He didn't even move. And the, the he, cornerback he, came around him he, and he he's got angle on him. He's got Mike, the Mike, angle on Zeke. Mike, he stutter stepped and who, I can't really remember who the player was, but he just moved to the side and that's him already gained position. He's actually yep. got a clear, clear eyesight view on. Zeke and and, yeah. and close the gap on him. He's got the yeah. angle on him. He's got the angle on him, but yeah. all because Blake Jarwin missed that block. Yeah, that was on Blake Jarwin. On Blake Jarwin, like it's on yeah. Blake Jarwin. But let's look at it from a different angle. Um, Mike, I'm going to ask you a question now, right? Mm. Give me. I might not your, answer you though. Give me okay. Give me your very quick rundown on what are Blake Jarwin's strengths and what are his weaknesses as a player. That's okay, his strengths is obviously the seam route, and his weaknesses mm-hmm. is his blocking. Okay, we In knew going nutshell. into this In game. In the easiest way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So everyone knew going into this game what Blake Jarman was bad at. I know blocking. where you're going. Yeah. He was put in a position where he had to make a block in the red zone. Now, I know there's an argument to be made there that I believe this was after Michael Gallup was out, and if he was in, I think it probably would have been him in that position to make that block. But... You're still asking a guy who's not great at blocking to make a block, but so he's still a, a tight risk. end. I know, it's a risk. Still he is a still a tight end. end, but he's not. But this, he's a new age tight end. He's not an old school tight end. He's not a Jason Witten. I've it's got a, slightly I've got a, unfair to ask him to do that, but at the I've, same time, he's got to do his job. Right. I've got mm-hmm. a follow. I've yeah. got a follow up here. Right. So let's put this in a more context perspective. Right. We know mm-hmm. Jarwin cannot block block for shit. Right. We mm-hmm. love context. Right. <laughs> Love Why didn't we just swap the alignment of Schultz on the outside and Jarwin on the inside so Blake Jarwin can actually block the guy from the inside and Dalton, who is a much better blocker, would actually probably do a more effective job blocking the, the guy that made the tackle? That's that's my question. It's like... What, playing like that... the but they were playing the weak side, weren't they? Basically, yeah, pretty much. If you look at it in a in a in a roundabout way, I think that's why you you just kind of. I think they were more focused on the interior side, mm-hmm. like like, and then like, flow to the weak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a fair point. Uh, you're going to expect, it's... yeah, if, if but... in that situation, you're going to expect if it's a choice between the two, he's going to go to Schultz. You're going to expect it that. is. But for me, Schultz is the number one tight end now. No drops, three first downs. Um, all his passes were at the line of scrimmage. And he still managed to get a a DAC. He managed to get a 98 quarterback rating. So for me, Dalton Schultz is the number one tight end. Yeah, that's the only thing I got to add on it. On the wide receiver side, uh, we'll move. Uh, we'll talk about Cooper, but I'll just briefly talk about Lamb so we can move mm. on. For me, Lamb, hot and cold. Really, really good. Really, really bad game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 15 targets with only seven receptions, less than 50%. But he did get 104 yards, one touchdown. Played 30 uh, snaps out wide, 20 from the slot, which is quite interesting. Um, he had an ADOT of 11.7 yards, uh, which was the highest out of all the wide receivers. 
He had a long of 31, but he did have two drops, allowed one tip pass for an interception, and got a quarterback rating of 64.3. So not his best game. Hot and cold uh, yeah. in some respects, and Lamb would agree that it's the drops that are becoming an issue for him. But let's talk about Amari Co- uh, uh, Cooper. I'm going to tell you now, for me, for me personally, elite player of the game. This was the player of the game. Not yeah. Dak, Amari Cooper. Absolutely. For a number of he reasons. put everything mm. in. But, but Cooper, <laughs> Cooper can't play on the road, though. <laughs> Man, I, I'm telling you, what's quite funny is there was a narrative oh, on Cooper as well before the game. He's been injured oh. all off-season. He's played. Guys, uh, oh, out. look, Spanish Cowboys. Hola. 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 <laughs> Gracias. Um, now, um, for me, Amari Cooper... <laughs> Uh, 17 targets, 13 receptions, 139 yards and two touchdowns, uh, 39 out wide, 23 from the slot and an A dot of 8.8, right? He managed to get 139.1 quarterback rating, insane, almost perfect. When Dak was targeting Amari in this game, he was near as damn it perfect. But the thing for me that was like the most critical thing, there was one particular it was on third down. He was instrumental. And there was one where he made that third down catch. And I think mm-hmm. the drive ended on a field goal. But to keep that drive alive, what Amari Cooper had to do on that catch was beyond what you'd expect any wide receiver to do. He did it and he made the catch. And he was just all over the field. I'll let you guys talk about Amari Cooper. Yeah. But they, they, that they was insane that. for me. They said that in court. I think it was Chris Collinsworth that said that he's he's one of the best route runners in the league, and he's trying mm-hmm. to get better yeah. at it. Um, yeah. Just simply honing his craft the whole time. Uh, Thirty-eight fantasy points, and I ran into him in a couple of these, and he was a complete buzzsaw to, yeah. to teams yeah. that came he came up against. Um, I mean, outscoring most quarterbacks is incredible. Yeah, um, yeah a, a seasoned, polished professional. Um, delighted he's still here. Um, yeah, yeah, man. Like now, when you start looking back, when we actually traded for him, when the Raiders, he like he was kind of like more or less shown out the door from Oakland or whatever you want to call them now. Um, to where he's at now, he is completely elevated since he's came to Dallas, hands down, and he is without a shadow of a doubt. One of the, I would say one of the top five wide receivers in the league right now, hands down. He is he has stepped up definitely in that locker room as well and in the position group because you can see that he is taking the younger guys under his wing and he is teaching them because there was that one game and I put it in the group chat in the game and Mike you, I think I think it was you that created the turnaround and said there was that one curl route that CD Lamb ran. And I was looking at it, and my eyes were telling me it was C.D. Lamb, but my brain was telling me it was Amari Cooper because it was it mm. was it was literally Amari's route, and it was run perfectly. So props yeah. to C.D. Lamb for that, but props to Amari Cooper because he's taking these guys under his wing and helping them develop their game on that side of things as well as his own. The, the one yeah. thing, the one thing I love about Amari Cooper the most is how he can actually separate himself from the corners oh, and yeah. safety. Like yeah. he just. It's how he manages at ease. Mm. It looks so effortless. It's just like a wee twitch of change of direction, and that's him gone. 
Like yeah. it's just yeah. when they don't least expect it, and and we kind of saw a glimpse of what Amari did that and on the whole series of Hard Knocks when he was teaching CD Lamb yeah. about a certain intricacies. Move. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, and and that and 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 one thing to add on top of that as well is like I mean I don't know if you guys might remember, but he made a comment in the media is that like, I feel like I am one of the best receivers in the league. Love it, but. It's like, I, but I've not actually achieved that yet. Yeah, I need like, to prove I, I it. Like, but it's, it's more like a yeah. humble. It's like he's being humble. Like, like he knows himself. He is one of the best, but he still needs to go out and prove and show everyone else that he actually is. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, oh, but it's, it's just yeah, fantastic. He, he thinks he's fantastic. he thinks he's one of the best. He needs to go and actually put it on tape. And why not? Yeah. Why not have that? I can't, I can't, I can't remember it. the actual quote, but when I read it, I'm, uh, yeah. that is humble, professional, and goddamn dedicated. Which yeah. was, and, and, the, and the word dedicated was a lot of people were writing him off for when, when we mm-hmm. uh, traded for him. People yeah, were in yeah. Oakland saying, oh, he's not dedicated, he's not, he's not the player that we actually want, uh, thought he was going to be. Well, look at him now. Yeah, his his will to play was being questioned, wasn't it? Yeah. Old Graham's being quiet, I noticed. But anyway, right, let's move on to the O-line. Let's move on to the O-line. So, uh, Graham can have a conversation. First of all, overall, for me, the O-line, very, very good. Only 15 pressures, zero sacks. So that means 25% of all the offensive snaps um, was allowed with a pressure. Um, For me, uh, Tyron Smith, apart from the hold, was amazing. Lyle Collins had three pressures, but both of them back, good as ever. Good to see. Yeah. Uh, but let's talk about Conor McGovern. Yes. Uh, operating under difficult circumstances, was up against Vita Vey and Ndomakin Sue. Hands up here, right? Conor McGovern was against Ndomakin Sue. How many times did you hear his name during that game? Maybe, Maybe three. I didn't hear his memory. It wasn't many. I I remember hearing his name, but it was not that often. The only name that you heard was Vita Vea, and that was on Corner Room. Vita Vea was the main one you heard about. It was Vita Vea. Yeah. You heard a lot of that. Yeah. And he was mostly up against Tyler Biadish. And and Biadish. Biadish had a bad day, but he was up against, like, me. When you're talking about Vita, you're talking about an extra special athlete. The guy is non-human. He's a freak. He's an absolute yes. <laughs> But here we go. Let me give it to you, right? Um, as I say, he was up against Vita Vey and Dominican Sue. Zero sacks, zero penalties, um, two pressures, and one of them, a little bit iffy. Um, I mean, the guy did exactly, he did exactly what was on mm. the tin. Yeah, From, and we we made the comments, didn't we? I mean, if you remember, we were saying we put the stat line up about how McGovern has done over last season to this season, and people are like saying, "I hope you're right. I hope you're right." There you go. I think I think this this comes to show us like we can actually now kind of get off McGovern's back just a little bit still, because mm. I mean, he can hang. He he, he can he hang, can and hang. I mean, he's not he's, he's he's still not far from the pot, uh, foot. Uh, Full product that we're wanting oh, yeah. to be, but at least we know that we've got that at least that one backup that can still come in and still there's do that, a job. Yeah, there's we've that one that guy, backup, that one guy we got. Yeah, there's so, that one guy behind the starters. Like I said before, yeah. we haven't had the decent depth. There's that one guy now that you're like, okay, if he's got to come in, 
we're okay. We're going to be okay. Yeah. It's very yeah. much a case of, okay, you've done it once. Brilliant. Now do it again. But everyone bre- breathe a very big sigh of relief after that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, it's an interesting one that, um, for, for viewers that don't know. Um, Jerry Jones was asked today about the right mm-hmm. tackle position and it's mm-hmm. uh, turned steel that will start at right tackle, um, which to me says that they still see McGovern as the backup um, because yeah. in that case, you you either flex um, Williams or you flex Martin out to right tackle and, and replace as, as fit. Um, to me, Connor Williams had a couple of rough penalties that stalled our drives a little bit. Um, is it insane that we see the government at left guard? What do you guys think in our next game? No, I, I think it's going to go the way, like they say, you know, put your five best out, but I think it's going to go steal. <sighs> like a lot of people are saying, this is a funny thing that people are forgetting is that, oh, Zach Martin, he's back off COVID. Brilliant. Any plugs? Is he 100%? Well, the guy just, he just had COVID. Yeah, okay, he's tested negative, but how does he feel health-wise? Yeah, yeah. Which may be the reason it. why he's not getting kicked out to right tackle, and you're leaving. Martin does not want to play. Martin does not want to play. Martin does not want to play. No, he right doesn't. He he has come out and said he doesn't want to play. And, but and, oh yeah, I know he doesn't want to. <laughs> and, and, and in all fairness, I don't blame him. But in a way, even though he looked great when he did play in right tackle, but for if, if it was me, right, me having played the line, right, I played left tackle. But if I was moved inside and seen someone else doing my like the role that I was supposed role, to be doing, yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. it would feel put me in a more uncomfortable position. I feel like I'm having to do two jobs at once to kind of oversee him and whatever not. So it'll be like Zach Martin will have to do if he's playing at right tackle, he'll be like more more focused on whoever's playing his position and guard. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's it's the whole psychological perspective from that. Like it, it won't be Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh. I just noticed the time when we haven't got to the defense. <laughs> oh no, no, this is this is this is, this is oh, going to be a shit. big show tonight, man. We've got a lot to talk yeah. about. Should we get on to back. the defense? Should we get to the defense? Oh yeah, yeah go I for it. We should. Right. Let's do it. This is where you begin to sweat, don't you, when you start talking Cowboys defense. But, all right. Not this time. I got a great analogy. I was trying to think of the analogy of the Cowboys defense in 2020. And I got one, right? And then I'll sugarcoat with what we've got. That... Last year, and like doing this show, right? It was like, you know, like when you've got to go and visit your wife's, got to go visit your wife's grandparents, and you're kind of like, oh, I could be doing something else, like glo- glossing the the living room door, oh. the window. But you got to do it. You've got to go there, and you sit yeah, there and you pretend careful. to enjoy it, and you try and find some positives. And at careful. the end of it, you're kind of hoping that they've baked you an apple pie that you can take home. <laughs> and it's just like you're like, oh man, this is so boring. And that's <laughs> what the Cowboys' defense was like last year. For I was really like, wondering where the hell you were going. I said, like, "What the hell yeah. was apple pie?" No, yeah, well, the apple pie is when mm, the pie. defense did all right. But here's right. one for you, right? Mm-hmm. The defense from 2020 
to what we saw on Thursday, vastly, vastly night and day. In terms of the NFL, though, they're still only average. Is that fair? Listen, average yeah. defenses. Yeah. Average defenses yeah. seem can still win you football games. It took the Chiefs to the Super Bowl. Fucking that I mean, you, right you there. Can't, you can't Go have on. it all. You know, you you can't have it all. I think um, again, encouraging to see, encouraging to see the the defense go up against the Super Bowl champions and not. I mean, it's it's tough saying uh, not look out of place, but. You're playing against the Super Bowl champions with a brand new mm-hmm. defense, with brand new teammates round about you. Um, one or two rookies sprinkled in there as well, trying to learn a brand new system. It's not going to happen in September. Um, the latest, the earliest we can judge this defense, I would say, is the start to the middle of October. Once, once they've had a proper, a proper go at it, two or three games down yeah. the line. I would start judging the defense. Get, properly. get four games in. Oh no! Uh, get four, yeah, get four games in. Four or five games in. We've given it. A, it's a seventeen-game season. Maybe I don't know. No, I'll probably stick with four. I I'll disagree with you in that one. I'm going one game earlier. It needs to be the Eagles game where they need really need to step up big time. Oh, yeah. three three games in, three and you know what you've got. Yeah. But here's here's a funny one. Is that I made notes, although like I was trying to read what I'd written because I was doing it. By the way, <laughs> in case people in America don't know, that in the UK the game kicked off Thursday at one twenty a.m. and finished just before about five o'clock in the morning. No, no Friday. So, Friday, Friday morning. Friday morning. Friday, Friday morning. So five a.m. Fucking hard, yo. That shit's hard to stay awake in. <laughs> Put it That's this way, like, right? It's been a while since I see that time in the morning. Mm-hmm. And like when it when it turns into a passing game like that, the game ends up being really long. It's nearly four hours long when it's a yeah. passing game because you're yeah. just like, ah, yeah. so you just okay, run the ball more, please. <laughs> but like, uh, yeah. what I put is the Cowboys team is a very good team, and they're not, but they're not great. The Bucks team is a great team which is why they won. Very good teams that turn great are, are the ones that can grind out that win in those dying minutes. Mm-hmm. But for me, the team has a lot of uh, room to grow and to progress. The place where it can grow and progress, on the defense. And they've got all the pieces there. They're all young, drafted last year, this year. You know, you can go back to the LV draft as well. These guys mm. have got room to grow into it, and that's where they'll become a great team if, you know, they become what we projected, what we're expecting of them. Um, but to start off, let's go to the defensive backs. I'm going to go back oh. uh, uh, oh. to front. Yeah, yeah. All right. But I'm going to give a nice note, first of all, right? <laughs> going oh, back Lord. and checking the analytics, all right? Uh. Uh, so Donovan Wilson, Trayvon Diggs, and KZ. They went for a combined allowance of 39.6 quarterback rating, which is phenomenal. Wilson and Diggs combined together allowed a zero quarterback rating. Yeah. That's that's pretty, pretty good. Jordan Lewis, Anthony Brown. Safety position we're talking about here. I, know. I mean, come on. Fucking said it. Preseason, man. This safety Jordan, position's going to fucking change. This is where it went wrong. And, that, and where that, we. Pre- that's this with Malik Cooker as well. 
without Malik Hooker and Israel Mukwamu. Wow. wow. Which is, I, I still don't understand the Mukwamu inactiveness, but okay, fair enough. Mm. We'll go there. Jordan Lewis, Anthony Brown. Are you ready? This is where he gets stingers. Oh, These go. pair allowed for a total mm. of 152.1 quarterback rating. There it is. There it nearly, is. Nearly That's perfect what... for Tom Brady when he targeted them pair. Um, the big one, Anthony Brown, we projected this. We we went we through it in the pregame show, and we very specifically talked about this matchup, and it came to fruition. Maybe the Bucks, Bruce Arians was listening to us and... Kind of screwed yeah. things up. So it's almost like we we it's almost like we do kind of know football a bit. <laughs> hey, <laughs> what what are we on now? We're on like show one hundred and thirty three. We're bound to get a hot take right sooner or later. Yeah. <laughs> like I wouldn't call myself an expert. I don't go down there and watch yeah. players practice all day. But you know, we've watched a bit. We know what's going on. Um, the only thing I, I want to ask you guys is <laughs> question marks here. Yeah? Um, that look, D- Diggs was a complete. He completely shut it down. Mike Evans, six targets, um, three rece- three receptions, twenty four yards. He got two first downs and a sixty quarterback rating. Bear in mind, Diggs got the interception as well. Shit! So they hot. found him then. They found Evans then. He was found safe inside, like you know, the box locker room after the game. Yeah, th- think about this. Because that man fucking right? disappeared. It's like Houdini. <laughs> Think about this. How many people would have drafted Mike Evans in like the second round of fantasy drafts? The guy yeah. put up L- practically let's, an let's egg. Go, uh, oh my god, I go. I'm gonna go Mike Houdini Evans. Yeah, let's fucking take that guy. <laughs> <laughs> in fairness, jokes aside, guy's a good player. He just got he, shut he the is fuck incredible. down. He was that was a fucking outstanding display by Diggs. It was tremendous. It was. It was. And that's Diggs. Diggs was up against him. And did that against Mike Evans. And this is in his sophomore year as a cornerback. Um, It's insane. It's an insane thing to look at. But the only thing I'm going to ask you, Jordan Lewis plays a lot from the slot, was having some issues. Anthony Brown was a little bit of a mismatch, mostly on the outside. But would you, at that point, when things were going wrong, would you have put Um... a guy who's been absolutely phenomenal in the offseason, like Maurice Kennedy or Nation Wright? Yeah. Kennedy uh, being on the slot. Kennedy is a slot cornerback. I, 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 I legit still don't understand how Anthony Brown got the bloody go ahead to be the pretty much the starting cornerback too. I'm like, we we knew this was going to be the outcome. Seniority. Yeah, like like we knew like That's that, but, but, yeah. but, that, but that particular play. Oh my sweet Jesus! Oh, it's. I don't know why Brown decided just to take that pause, paused step. I, I, you just Man. did exactly. I just like that we that one wee second. He just completely switched off, and Brown was gone. He gone. Brown was, he was but, gone, and that was the touchdown. Felicia, this we're gonna have a bit of a conversation about this because I've seen a, a few cases on Twitter where Quinn cleared them that he should have had safety help over the top. But the safety was dragged short. to yeah. Lewis to his assignment because Lewis slipped. Now it again, if bring it in this context. Going, we love this. Key, the, it's key. Context is key. If you're going to double up, you go one. Do you not go one in front, one behind? Yeah. 
I mean, I, I, I get where you're coming from, Paul. If, 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 I mean, if it's man to man, what are you wait exactly? What are you waiting for? But he still thinks that Kazee's going to be there. Was it Kazee? Yeah, yeah. He thinks he's got yeah. like yeah. so. It's almost as if he's going to ball hawk anything short of Brown. But I get what you're saying in that. What are you waiting for? You know, like it's it's Antonio Brown we're talking about. Get as tight to Brown as you can, whether you're in front, behind, left, right. Hey, get as tight as you can. Let, let, let's bear in mind the other thing as well, right? That Anthony Brown, he's not. We know what he is. He is a he's a decent cornerback. He, he will play there. He's not a great cornerback, but bear in mind he's up against Antonio Brown, the back to the old Antonio Brown. And this is a guy who was the wide receiver one for the Pittsburgh Steelers that won a Super Bowl. Much as I Mm -hmm. hate to admit that, but the way he played against us, that is the the Antonio. He he was AB. He was was the the, AB. Like, there was none of the whole outside the media controversial. Like, he is actually pure football. Divaness. Yeah, no no diva. Just in there, do his job, in and out. and Just football. And yeah. when you've got a player like that, it's really hard to beat. And and it was the same with, and we we're probably talking about him as well. It was the same with Gronk as well. Gronk, Gronk was a, yeah. the, the thing is though is look at it right that you've got. We just spoke about Diggs shutting Mike Evans down, right? So you've got him shutting that down. But now you've got to concentrate on Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, and Gronk. Gronk. Gronk yeah. Is playing old type Gronk, which to me is more incredible than Brady playing yeah. in his forties. For a yeah. tight end of his age to be playing that way is insane, yeah. and he did. I mean, and there was a lot of intricacies in what Gronk was doing that got him there, that got yeah. him to do the things that were happening. To put that, I mean, to put that into stats, he had eight receptions, and twenty five percent of those receptions were touchdown passes. Yeah. So they they know. I mean, he may have he may have lost a step or two. But Deliberate. in the red zone, he's still got it up there, and him and Brady have been yeah. doing it for years, and they could probably they, yeah. do it with their eyes shut. They know where yeah. to put him. It's very deliberate. They know where to put him. They know where to line him up. They know if they line him up opposite Tank Lawrence, who had a very good game. But if you line, very, him up we'll talk Tank about Lawrence, that. Now. But uh, I mean, as, as much as I hate him, but, but Brady knows the type of players that he wants in his team. Yeah, you know, like like he, he wanted Gronk to come with him to Tampa. He he wanted EB to join Tampa. He wanted them to come in New England at the time, and that like he wants these particular players because he feels though that he can actually win football games with these guys. And we're seeing that like it yeah. took them a, it took them a slow start with Tampa earlier. They had their setbacks, but as the season progressed, they were getting better and better. Their offense was clicking and all sorts, and just became they ended up winning the Super Bowl. And look, to add to your note, Paul, right, that we spoke about it at the very start of this show. They brought all 22 stars back. That yeah. means all 22 of them all know the playbook. They all know each other's ins yeah. and outs already. That's it. The Cowboys' defense, new coordinator, they drafted, like, what, 11 defensive players in the draft, as well as the additions from the Falcons, and Brent Urban and all the rest of it. And they've all got to learn how to play in this game now against a team that already has all the pieces there that they played with for an entire season last year. It's not bad going. I mean, like, the biggest issue for us that we spoke about last year was the Cowboys' defensive line against the run. This game, 
uh, in 15 rushes, this defensive line, they had 15 rushes against them. They allowed 3.6 average per run and only one first down versus the run. That brings so much happiness to hear that. Considering last season, and and me... We had fishermen running on us. Yes. (laughs) Yes, we did. Don't even fucking remind me, man. That happened. Oh. We're finally... The thing I'm so happy about the most is you managed to stop the run from the inside. Yes, is the important one. And put it this way, that they weren't even in base defense that much either doing it. It was Keanu Neal and Micah Parsons. To put things into perspective, uh, I've written it down here somewhere, that Jalen Smith and LVE were on the field. Uh, Jalen Smith, uh, out of them pair, had the most snaps on defense, and he had 14. Yeah, I think Jalen and LVE, like, out of the poor players, they had the least amount of snaps, and I think what Parsons had, like, over 50? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, If you want to go to Parsons, I've got uh, his, uh, his stat line, yeah. And I think... People are being very unfair in being critical on him because this is what he did in 51 snaps. He had a 71.9 defensive grade, which, by the way, grade, he had a 71.9 defensive grade. Well, I'm saying it's great. Yeah. Well, uh, of all the rookie linebackers in the NFL, that was second. Second, yeah. Samuel Collins was number one. He's, I know, yeah, he did have a good game, mind. But um, yeah, it, good. Parsons had three quarterback pressures, five tackles, two tackles for a loss, and he was targeted seven times and allowed five receptions. Yeah, out of those, out of those, all those plays with him playing like over fifty odd snaps and being targeted only seven times, that just comes to show that Brady sees him as a major threat. That just comes but to show. He was trying we... to. He did attack him for a bit, and then he realised. He realized very quickly. You go, you go watch the breakdown of um, of Parsons. Parsons playing this game. He is everywhere. He sees and notices everything, even the little little shifts and the little things here and there. He picks up on and he moves, and he sheds people, and it's just it just blows past people. It's ridiculous the positions yeah. the kid's able to put himself in, and it's his first game in the NFL. I'm not particularly. Was he on dot as well? Was he was he on dot or not? I'm not entirely sure. I don't have to go back and check. Guys, can we um, talk about D-Law and how... Yeah, okay, let's move on to that. Let's move to Tank. Fucking Tank. For me, defensive star. Defensive star of yeah. all the players, including Diggs. This was we, the player. But go so, for it, Paul. Right, so we've... Yeah. we've like Me and Graham especially have been like the biggest criticizers of um D-Law in recent time but mm-hmm. like, but in this game like I've, I don't know if it's just down to the scheme or whatever or not it's his yeah. first game back from injury that but he looked he looked quick he looked focused like the amount of disruptions he did and mm-hmm. uh, pressures on and Brady to make him oh man I can't he was for, there all I, the time like, like I mean I'm trying to remember, but he didn't get any. There was no sacks recorded, was there? But he had a few tackles for loss. I've got, I've got his stat line if you want it. Everything, the full shamak. In I, fact, I, like, hit me with it. Hit me with it. I'm okay. trying to remember. Uh, the big and, and you can talk about it because it is insane, right? So uh, at D line, 
uh, Tank had the most success, especially versus the run, right? Versus mm-hmm. the run, yeah. four tackles, one forced fumble. Run-wise, he allowed zero yards, right? That is Tank on his own. The Dallas team as a whole on defense versus the run, they had four tackles, 52 yards, and as a team allowed, had a 63 defensive grade against the run. Tank, 96.3. Jeez. Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> he was better than I mean, the entire Cowboys team combined. I don't know whether it's down to him being fully fit, not having any niggling injuries, or if it's just down to a renewed hunger mm-hmm. under Dan Quinn. But that, that's, hey. one, that's what I'm thinking, mate. Like, mate is be, the I, Dan I, Quinn I, thing I, is the thing you picked up on the most. In, yeah, all, I, in all fairness, when we had the, I, I can't even remember a fucking shoddy defensive coordinator from last year now. What's his, Mike Nolan. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be fair, if you were playing under Mike Nolan last year, would you be depressed playing D-line tomorrow? <laughs> I would need to figure out what I was doing first before yeah, I could be there, there you go. There you go. Right. Here's one for you. Everything has turned around on that side mm, of it. You, everything has. Here's a good one for you. Now, when I was going through it, Tank, um, defensively, he was the best player in that game, especially mm-hmm. versus the run. The next best four defensive linemen in that game all played for the Bucks. Mm. So the top five, only only Tank is in there. Yeah, because, I mean, if I, I would say if, it, if you were to put it as a top, um, top four, it would have been D-Law, then Vita Via, then it would have been uh, GP, GGP, then it would have been the Dumber and Sue. Um, I can bring it up if you want. Oh, do you know what? I'm not going to do it right now. But I'll put it in a post so people can see the numbers. Yeah. And I'll be able to get the analytics up for you. Yeah, we never put context on it. Yeah, I, I just want I to reiterate. Context, as best as I can in a tweet. <laughs> I just want to reiterate. The, the Cowboys' front though? seven held the Super Bowl champions to 50 rushing yards. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that, just just to highlight that, that, that again. That, that to me is the, Incredible. the highlight. That's the, that's the highlight we need to talk about. It's the fact that from we let fishermen running backs for the Cleveland Browns run over <laughs> our But on the grounds, we actually, I think... I'm trying to remember the top of the Browns overall. Don't get me wrong, they had a good team there, which had Chubb and all that, but still, we had <laughs> what, what was it? What was the combined yards we had in the like, like 200 and up? something? It was Can ridiculous. We stop like, talking about that Browns game. I know, yeah. but, but, but it, it's, it's a good right. reference. It's a good Getting reference. PTSD point. again. It, yeah. It's a good reference. It's always a good reference point to kind of look back to see how much we've actually <laughs> yeah. changed from going forward now to see the game, how we uh, executed. And we, we can actually, you can actually see it on when the ball's been snapped, the actual get offs. That's the most hassle, the most hassle of the Cowboys' defense since the Rod Marinelli no name oh. in 2014. Here's your here's your word of the day: speed. Mm-hmm. D- that's what I was going to say. Speed. Is that it just it's a lot faster, and and the way the NFL is going, it needed to be faster. Yeah. So it, it's, it, it is. Speed it, and it's, turnovers. Turnovers yes. is the other one. Uh, the issue that we had, why we lost that game, in my opinion, we won the time of possession, we won the turnovers. The issue for us was red zone. And I don't want to particularly go there right now because we'll talk about that in the pre-game show. 
because um, that's how it was. Bear in mind as well that Graham brought up a good one. Here's another statistic for you, that the Cowboys' defence in the second half allowed 10 points. Um, yeah. yeah. To yeah. the Super I mean, Bowl how... champs, with, with 22 stars coming back. And that's with a game... A game-winning field goal, and when you I mean, think how many, how many, how many game, how many times last season were we fourteen points behind before we even started? How many? We were almost ahead we, at half time. How many exactly. times did we start a second half slowly? Uh, I mean, yeah, it, it, this is only last year we're talking about. It's, mm-hmm. it's an incredible time. I mean, I, I mean, I know it's a loss. I there's a lot more positives to think about going forward, oh, especially, yeah. especially going to this LA game. Definitely, and here I'll mention about it on the pre-game show. But there's going to be more Cowboys fans than Chargers fans at this game. Guaranteed, oh yes, because it's California. I mean, the one see the one if, if I was to pick one defensive play was Kazee. Inside the red zone, that, that was insane. And he threw himself at that. He threw himself at yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Big, big opportunities, big turning points in the game, like interceptions, forced fumbles. That's what we've missed, and that's what kept us in the game. Dude was yeah. like fucking Gandalf the Grey in that shit. He was just like, <laughs> fucking, you shall not pass. You shall not pass. And it's fucking we, we, amazing. In, in, in the group chat we had, we were saying that that was the momentum swing. It just so happened yeah. that the next, mm. that particular drive after that was um, when Dak threw it to Lamb. There was the tip pass and it was an interception. Yep. So it was like, oh, bugger. <laughs> um, but yeah, should we move on to the special teams, guys? Should we mm. dare to do it? Yeah, let's do it. Let's I do know it. What I'm better. starting with. The only thing I'm going to say before you start, so I'm going to start you off. The first thing that immediately came to attention to me was the short kickoffs. Wasn't making the end zone. Yep. So straight away, I was watching that, knowing what the back was like. I was like, eesh. But go on, Angry. Hit us with your special team takes. A 60-yard field goal. Are you kidding me, Owen? That was a questionable call. Play the field position. Put Brady inside his his own 10 and go again. That was the only time in the game I felt they kind of forgot they were playing Tom Brady. Yeah. My concern... With regards to the special teams, obviously we're going to talk about Greg Sirline, Greg the leg. Mm-hmm. Go for it. Go for it if you want to talk about Greg. The amount of kicks during that game were so hooked to the left. Yeah, I noticed that. That too. is the thing. I'm like, surely if you feel as though that your first kick was hooking way to the left, sure you need to readjust yourself to rebalance it. You got there eventually, but it was not enough. Surely it should have been corrected earlier on. And, and and for him to like, I'm sorry, but he, he he did come out and say because of my mistakes we uh, we lost the game pretty much. Yeah, it's it's, it's one of the reasons we lost the somewhat. game. Somewhat, somewhat, yeah, somewhat. Yeah, there, there was also dodgy calls from the defensive, side, like the offensive missed passing. opportunities, yes. red zone. Yeah, all there's, a few the things, there's a few yeah. things that like, we can go into the whole conspiracy with referees and all that, yada yada. But it's still, though, in special teams, we wasted seven points on special teams a point, a, a PAT, and two field goals. That is not acceptable. Not acceptable. The 60 yard, though, uh, I'm not 
I'm not really gonna to talk really much about because like he, he, what what the hell like the guy isn't making the end zone off his kickoffs. How's he gonna yeah. make a sixty yard field goal? Yeah, especially he's not really been kicking that much in the bloody pre- pre- off season. No. And There's he's already missed. Or... He already missed like a thirty-nine field, thirty-nine yard field goal. Exactly. So I'm just, uh, I don't know. This is the but... thing. The guy's coming off injury, and he was hooking massively. Every, every kicker has tendencies. Every every way you throw a ball, every way you kick a ball, when it's muscle memory and it's repetition, you're going to have a certain way of th- kicking the ball, a certain way of doing it. You're going to hook it right or left depending on which way you kick it. That's just how kicks go. Given how insane it was, um, and how pronounced that was on short kicks, you know, just on on pats and short field, relatively short field goals, I gotta think, I gotta give him to a degree the benefit of the doubt and say that's still bothering him, mm. or like he's yeah. not and it's down fully one hundred percent. That's not yeah. down to Greg then. That's down to the coaches to make well, that just, call. Yeah, and it's down to his body as well. Mm-hmm. What. What I, what I will say though is, I mean, I, I obviously I brought up the sixty yarder as as a as a Talking mistake point, yeah. by the by the special teams, but what I will say is, last season that would have turned into seven points against. Yeah, but it was an yeah. interception. This time we got it back. Mm. That's another huge step for the defense because see, last season Brady would have marched down the field and put another seven yeah. on the board. That was a that yeah. was a questionable. That was a questionable call. In any way, in my mind, so I'm not bothered about that. That I don't, that, so, that shouldn't have been called. Yeah, I I got I got issues, and it's no surprise that they put a <clears> kicker <throat> on the practice squad because they are worried about it. Yeah. The only yeah. other points I want to know about though the special teams, our punt returns, too many of them inside the ten, and our offense starting in ten. We're talking about Dak Prescott with four hundred over four hundred yards on offense. A lot of that is down to the special teams having to make the offense start within their own yeah. ten. Yeah, there, yeah. There that's no one, good. There was one punt though that went out at the two yard. Was it the first punt? That was good. I have to admit you, that was nothing. You can, I mean, you yeah. can't. You can't do anything. You're not going to do that. that. <laughs> like I think yeah. even Pat McAfee was actually. Ranting and raving about it because it was one of the most <laughs> beautiful. It was beautiful. Beautiful. It was a good game. Beautiful. Beautiful. When you start off, that's your first game of the season. You're like, one, eh? yeah. Too many of them, and the only reason that that's happening is because your your blockers aren't stopping the gunners getting downfield on your returner. Yeah. yeah. So you got problems there with ass leaking. The other one was the Bucks kickoff returns. They were giving Brady great field position every yeah, time yeah. they were kicking but, but, off, but, and but, you were just going. Yeah, here we go. Because yeah. Greg isn't making the end zone. They were coming up short. They were running the ball out. And then they were starting on like the 30 and the 35-yard line. You're like, well, there you go. Give Brady that distance to go for goal. He's going to make that. And luckily enough, the defense were in somewhat, as we were talking about, getting a deal. But here's one for you that is going to be a rather you're going to all talk over each other on this next bit <laughs> let's talk about the officials guys oh god uh, right. Just, right. Sorry, just before I don't want to go there you don't want to go there we can always bring Jeff Heath back and play kicker <laughs> yeah. but just one more before we move on to officials do yeah, you sure. guys have any, any issues with CD Lamb catching punts and kickoffs no, <sighs> no not no. really No. First, former first round pick 
He's Second, a young 88 Dez Bryan did it. We were talking about Antonio Brown. Antonio did um, it. It must, it must be just me and me and Brian. <laughs> I'm, more, I'm, 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 I'm like more concerned about that pass um, that Dak was an absolute beamer. It was perfect. Oh. And bouncing off his hands. And bouncing off his hands. It went through his hands. It didn't even bounce. It went through his hands. And that was a really good tight window throw by Dak. It was a brilliant throw. It was well in his catch radius. It was easy. And that window, that window, if you look as well, it was closing fast. So he had to make that decision quick. Three players there. Three players there. He had to make that quick. Let's talk about offensive PA. Let's do it. Yeah, let's talk about the Godwin push-off first of all. Um, This is after... Exactly. One year when Michael Gallup versus the Rams got an offensive pass and he's called against him. Yeah. So it's like in 2020, we get a call against us. In 2021, it doesn't. For you guys, was it OPI or not? Yes. Absolutely. Have you been against the whole Jalen Rams? Mm. Against the, is it, when you compare it to the Jalen Ramsey situation from last season against the Rams, soft, that, yeah, like that was soft as anything. It was, yeah. was could not even be more blatant if that was the case. If that's based on how the officials are giving out penalties, mm. it should have been flagged hands down. It should have been offensive pass interference. A lot of people are saying about the jostling, and I, that I do agree with that. If you've both got an arm on each other, etc., okay. Then it's one for one. It's ticky tack. You're gonna be. It's gonna be hard it's to offsetting. call. But for me, it's when Godwin put his second hand on him and pushed. Once you've done that, that's it. Yeah. You've you've mm. done enough. <laughs> it's I, I a difficult don't understand. One. I don't understand it, why these things aren't challengeable. They're not allowed to in the in the two minute. I, 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 yeah, I don't get. Yeah, I mean, but it should be. It's about I mean, time, isn't Think of the things at that, that point in the game. At the, that the, point the, in the game, it uh, here's the, that's the thing. The, t- the two-minute window is the more likely chance you want to challenge something. It's, yeah. it's like the end of the game, you know. I mean, see, see yeah. if they're not sure. Go and have a look. I mean, you're you're talking about. I mean, every every win and loss counts. If if they're not sure, can they not go and have a look themselves? The previous players under review. How often have you heard that? Yeah, this is this Never is the thing is it. that the problem I think with but first off I don't and the reason I said I don't want to get into this is I don't ascribe to putting losses officials on having to win games on officials it's an officials having to win yeah, those yeah, games yeah, yeah, because yeah. everyone knows bad calls happen all the time lucky yeah. calls happen all the time generally nine times out of ten they have a way of balancing themselves out throughout the game and it's bad luck if it happens to you right at the end of the game and all the focus is going to be on that because it's at the end of the game, because it's in the last two minutes. But generally, these things happen and we know it balances out. Now, if you look at that drive beforehand, there was a holding call, I believe on second down that was called. Mm-hmm. On third down, the same thing happened and it wasn't called. Well, here's a, a one I've got where during that drive... It got blatantly missed. And this is why the OPI call, you kind of go, all right, on its own, you go, okay. But during that drive, Tom Brady had an intentional grounding. That wasn't called for. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. If that was called. Oh, and what about the helmet? The helmet thing? The helmet come off as well with Levante David. What the hell? 
you can you can take a helmet off. You can take a helmet off on the field. You're not allowed to. I've had a helmet off. I'm sure you can. Not like not like you're trying to smash like Captain Caveman in the field. Oh no, you can't like throw it up. You can take a helmet off. Section twelve, Article nine, Part three is what it is, and it says I know because I was talking about this with a a rules guy over the weekend. He says no because it's got to be that there's three parts to it. It says demonstrating. Um, taunting or celebrating. You can't take the helmet off of that. Well, to me, it falls under demonstration, that he's taking his helmet off in demonstration. And it also states in one of the rules, you cannot take your helmet off until you reach the sideline for two reasons. One is for safety, because you don't want to take a knock to the head from somebody else wearing a helmet or whatever. And the other one is um, all about the speed of the game, to keep things flowing, so you're not spending ages trying to get your helmet on. Here's a crazy one for you. In 2018, our very own Keanu Neal, on the floor, injured with his Achilles injury, he took his helmet off and he got flagged a 15-yard penalty for taking his helmet off on the field. That's genuine. That's interesting. Correct me if I'm wrong, with the whole intentional grounding, is that not because he wasn't doing it to avoid taking a sack. No, it doesn't matter. You're not allowed to. If you're in I the thought, pocket... I thought that and was the rule, n- though. If, yeah, if you're in no. the pocket and it's to avoid taking a sack, then it's intentional grounding, is what I thought the rule was. Yeah, no, it, no, it doesn't matter. If you don't want to take the sack, no. You, you then throw it out of bounds. But you cannot really? throw it into the field while you're in the pocket to an area where there isn't a player. Your yeah. own player. That's intentional grounding, and that got missed. And if that had been called on the intentional grounding, that's a 10-second runoff, and they would have been back into their own half. So they would have been around about a minute left to play. There's nothing to say that this is Brady and that you wouldn't go down the field and still score anyway. But if you was to say the intentional grounding was called, and then there was the push-off as well, they would never have made it then, which is a bit iffy to say because we're not Mystic Meg but this is the thing and this is the thing is why uh, I don't like talking about it because exactly it's very shoulda woulda coulda you what sorry I'm saying it wasn't exactly fucking clutch from Brady to win the game it was like it, it was literally was the help from the officials that actually brought him to that position good luck sp- again that luck it, it really was it's, you, it's, you think as well uh, that one of the things that popped in my mind why they didn't call the intentional grounding and why they didn't um, why they didn't call the Goblin push-off is I think a lot of the times, because, you know, America, Patriot and all that, they love um, Section 3, Article 1. No, I think it's slightly changed, but it doesn't matter what the number is. But I think there's a lot of patriotism and that Brady is, you know, that quarterback, so officials give him a lot more leniency. I don't know if they just feel no. sorry. I don't know if it's just because it's all we need to protect Brady because he's forty six years old. We don't want to be getting. I, I personally, I think it was the reason it wasn't called was because it was officials potentially balancing out a missed hold, and I think the yeah. whole intentional grounding was no one was really looking for it, expecting it to be intentional grounding because it was down the field. Normally, when intentional grounding happens, it's a lot closer to the line of scrimmage. That yeah, was all the way down doesn't... the field. I don't think people looked at it hard enough or clocked that actually hit in bounds to to call it as intentional grounding. I don't think you'd be you'd it, looking for it. I don't think you're going to see it. I don't think you're going to call it. By the book, that was intentional grounding. I think, 
I think Brady did it intentionally. I think he was very clever in what he was doing. Well, he's he's the master of actually uh, getting getting the officials on his side. He's the master of that. Yeah. Why do you think he's won seven game. Super Bowls? It's no, it's no different to playing scrum half. No different. Like he's the he's the goat for a reason. Goat and putting people in his back pocket. Like don't forget uh, deflate gate and all that. You know what I mean? <laughs> I still I still think the worst one was the no call on the the, the offensive pi. Because yeah. I mean, not two years ago, it cost the Saints a trip to the Super Bowl. That's oh. right. That too. Yeah, Sean Payton could not throw the flag. Everybody in the stadium, everybody at home, everybody around the world knew it was offensive PI. But because he couldn't throw the flag, I mean, if, if that receiver comes down with that ball, the Saints run out the clock, kick the field goal, and they're off to the Super Bowl. But it didn't happen because they weren't allowed to throw the flag. Mm. I, I, think, I, think I think there needs to be a rule change where you you can challenge no matter any time of the game, anytime. It's about the flow of the game, though, isn't it? But, but I'm sorry, but the more entertaining part, if you're in the two minute two minute warning, going down the two minute mark, it's like the game amplifies regardless. Anyway, it's more intense yeah. than that. Like the last two minutes takes forever, anyway. Yeah. And let's yeah, be honest, so, this is the this. Let's remember what sport we're on about when we want to have a conversation about flow of game. We're watching American football here. You know, we're not but, watching rugby where everything just keeps going. We're talking about American football where there's stops every now and again. And it's for already slowing down. And now you want it's to add an OPI slow. challenge in as well. To Paul's point, though, they're only allowed two challenges. It's not like they can, yeah. it's unlimited challenges. If they get one back, it's because they were right. But the two, I don't think, I mean, two challenges to get, would you not rather see see things get done properly? Yeah. I think everyone would. Yeah. But you know what's going to happen is we're going to turn around and go, yeah, yeah. And then the NFL will change it. And next year, there'll be an OPI call that's not called against Dallas and they'll challenge it and they'll be like, yeah, that's OPI and we lose the oh, game. Yeah. You live by the sword, you die by the sword, but at least it's done <laughs> right. The thing is, though, mm-hmm. I, I would more gladly accept that knowing that we... It like, was the right call. It's the right call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm all for that as long as the referees actually do their freaking job properly, which they're not doing right now. They're missing... <sighs> but, yeah. Do you know, I've just I've just thought of something there. One of one of the friends of the show, Jeff Reinbold, uh, one of his big sayings is "play better than the refs ref." Yeah, that's true. Um, so you, I, I just for if balance, you make, if, I, need, I need to throw that in there as well. Just for I, I'm, I'm with you. I agree that if Greg Zerline makes the kicks, if Blake Jarwin makes that block, and Zeke gets the touchdown, we're to, we're not worried about what the official called. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Don't don't let the officials have to determine the game. Um, but guys, for this week, for our first post game show, so that's we when we got another sixteen of these, so plenty of time to go. Yeah, um, that is the end of this one. Now we do have to give a shout out to our sponsor, which is Cowboys Experience. They were actually in Tampa, and they got some. Big stuff going on for the first home game, which is in a couple of weeks. Yeah, uh, but there, make was, sure... there, there was the big Kenny, the shark, Gan, um, yeah. yeah. We were actually on call with him. Me, Jamie and Lorn um, ended up going on call with Barry. They, they were, needless to say, in 
fairly happy. I don't want to say why, but they had obviously been drinking beverages that put a <laughs> smile on their face. Um, but make sure, guys, if you are going to go to a game, bucket through Cowboys Experience. They have What's tailgate parties, um, all the game day packages, stadium tours. And if you use the booking code UK Cowboys, what happens, guys? You get free stuff. Go on, Rich. Don't right. This is this is fucking easy, right? This is easier than looking at a defense <laughs> that's got a bad secondary or got weaknesses on the secondary and knowing that you've got to he's, pass the ball and not run it. All right. He's winding up. He's actually winding Use up. Use the code, you get free stuff. The only way you could be more stupid than not doing this is by being an Eagles fan. And they're fucking <laughs> <thick>. <laughs> <Zing>. <laughs> Uh, just as well before we go stay on the line because we've got a little highlight clip at the end courtesy of dallascowboysmedia.com so uh, make sure to stick around for that but we will be back guys Thursday 9pm usual time pre-game show for LA Chargers where the Cowboys are going to get the big dub over there in so uh, it's not so far is it they play in um yeah, yeah it is so far yeah you're right yeah. yeah i was right first time see i shouldn't have ju- i should have just what gone is, with my instincts what instincts. is in my cup uh, not instincts um so yeah we'll we'll finish off with the well highlight played. show for the week and we'll see you guys all on thursday stay safe guys and i'll let these guys uh finish it all off see you folks then good care boys See you next time. Dallas forever. Philly for never. <laughs> you would expect an absolutely electric atmosphere in a stadium where the team that lives there is celebrating a championship and the people at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa have not disappointed tonight. Well, obviously, there's a lot of eyes also on Dak Prescott who coming off his injury last year and this summer. And I also think the Dallas defense knows it's got something to prove, as in we're not the worst in the league team history. First and ten from the 21. They're going to run Jones on the right side. Oh, the ball might be out. Hold on a minute. Big scramble. Who's got the ball? Randy Gregory came away with the ball. That's the kind of play that will turn that stuff around. Honestly, we want to get as many turnovers as possible. We left some out of the, on the field, and that's what, what I'm talking about, getting better. And um, we definitely think we can get turnovers whenever on anybody. So, I mean, it, it doesn't matter if it's, you know, Tom Brady or anybody else. I mean, we think we can get a turnover whenever we want to. Brady, play action, screen left, drop, and intercepted off the hands of Fournette and picked out of the air by Trayvon Diggs. Brady in the right flat of screen, blast to Godwin. He bounces off a tackle, fumble the ball, recovered by Lewis in the end zone. He's running it out of the end zone to the 10 and taken off his feet when he ran into Diggs. There's a few Tampa fans worried right now. We're trying to work ourselves to be, you know, one of the best receiving cores in the league. I played a part in us just continuing being down by the drops that I've had, but, uh, you know, you live and you learn. And, uh, I'm definitely going to learn from this and uh, just try to be better for the team. And they fake the draw to Elliott, and they throw it left, and another drop by C.D. Lamb at the 33. Wow, C.D. Lamb had the drop season last year. Prescott in the gun, back on his right, stack on the right, pump fake left, pressure, deep left got Lamb at the 5, to the pylon, touchdown! Prescott's first touchdown since last October. Perfect strike to C.D. Lamb. Miss so much about this game that just brings me so much joy. Miss that feeling that 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 sparked up in me and the fire that it had. Back goes Prescott.
Deep ball down the right side. He's got Cooper on the right side of the end zone. I think there's a lot of good that can be taken from this. I know we played well enough to win. If I do my job, we win that game. Um, so I feel bad for the guys in there that played their ass off and I didn't hold up my end of the deal. 31-yard try for Zerline, his first field goal of the year. From the right hash, the kick missed wide left. Snap is back. There's the kick. It's low and it's short. Zerline's extra point. Hit the left up right and bounced out. Ponder that. The other day we came here to win, came up a little short, um, but you know we, we have to we have to learn from tonight. We need to go get that win next week in LA because I mean these road wins are hard to come by, and, and uh, you have to get that first one.